Do you guys know how to drive stick? I've no never, innuendo uh, I, meant I've, on that. I have <laughs> never driven. I'm an auto boy. I tried once, uh, uh, and it. I I can. It, it's satisfying once you get going. It's like really cool to use a manual transmission, but I found it difficult to get the hang of it at the beginning. But does, it's not as hard as it as it seems. Does Ridge Racer count? <laughs> yeah, I I've never tried it, and I've always been scared of trying it because I know it would be an spectacular failure and i know in all likelihood the person teaching me would be a very macho man that would i would feel i would feel belittled the entire time during the the whole trying to learn there i would say it is one of the like messing it up and like stalling out (laughs) is the most emasculating thing i've ever done in my life yes right Listeners, welcome to another episode of a free podcast presented by us, the Midnight Boys. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined and Casper, and, <laughs> and joined as always by my road tripping friends, Joe and Duff. Oh man, nothing beats a road trip. Great to be here. <laughs> road tripping balls. Uh, yeah, I listen. I'm a big road trip guy. Anyone who who knows me knows. Uh, big family road trip guy. A lot of road trips. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, this is your movie, then, man. I, I mean, I, I, I do enjoy it. Uh, yeah. So I think we did. My wife and son and I did a, a road trip a couple months ago that we put on like over three and a half thousand miles on that trip. So yeah, I'm all in. Give me the road trips. Um, so I we. Think, I think road trips were kind of ruined for me because we had the Winnebago. And when you have a road trip, and then you arrive, and it's like, all right, now we're sleeping in the same spot takes takes a little of the luster off yeah let me tell you i'm not an rv guy why not um because i don't once okay so as we've already talked about i don't like things that seem scary or big to use so like a stick <laughs> or pulling back pulling back a bow or driving a big truck or vehicle of some sort i'm already out right there uh you're not I've never wrong. been in one but it, it seems like it, it'd be awesome well there's, so it's limited returns. Let me say that. Uh, so here's, first of all, anytime you're not in the freeway is just, and I mean, I wasn't even driving because this was like age seven to 13 or 14, but like, it's just a pain to maneuver around a city or, oh, even, yeah. or even, you know, even not a city. Like we took it to the Black Hills and it was, uh, it was terrifying because if you've been to the Black Hills, you know, that's kind of a lot of twisty roads. And, but I mean, we drove... We had a nine. I think it was a nineteen seventy three Winneb- Winnebago Brave, and we took many. <laughs> Why is fam- every RV name racist? Uh, <laughs> great, great point. Great question. Um, we. I mean, was Winnebago itself a tribe? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like all the cars. It's like we we honor those that we genocided by naming our RVs after them. <laughs> I will say, I will say the problem on RV is that people don't think about it, is like your home is your car. So like whenever you're, you get to the campground and you're like, here we are, let's settle up. And then it's like, we got to go to the grocery store. You got to take your home with you. Yeah. 
and got then it. like unhook everything and then everyone has to pile in to get to where you're going and then you got to come back and do the whole setup again and here's here's a good we're gonna get into it here's a good dad story my dad he would level it he had boards so oh, like yeah he, he would do the whole thing where he's like all right now we're gonna put the board under the right tire but not the left and do the, it's the right thing. way to do it though your dad did I, it right i know but it's uh it's <laughs> the tone of your voice i know <laughs> the, that that's the voice of someone who was like 10 and then just had to stand outside the rv for 45 minutes waiting for yep. his dad to get it just right yeah so and and then there's the issue of uh you know like uncle eddie gotta gotta empty the the sewage tank yep yep so here's a question and we're we haven't even gotten to what we're talking about Whatever. but it's fine this is dad related who cares um, you know, I think about this all the time with just general knowledge around the home, but especially like any dad knowledge that like our dads just know or we assume they knew, which is a whole other question. Yeah. Um, how did like how how did he know how to do that? So that you need to level the RV. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's... You know, like did, did, were people like reading the instruction book? Was a when they bought it? Did someone show them? Maybe yeah. That's maybe that's the thing that the dealer passes on to you when you when you buy that that Winnebago. Yeah, because, you know, like... The Winnebago man screamed it at him. Winnebago man! <laughs> Can you do me a courtesy? Is that what he is Can that you what do he me said? a kindness and kindness. level your IV? Can, I, can so, you do me a kindness? Oh, my God. Yeah, I just I just wonder that all the time. But then I also get back to the point, you know, when this, all, this season's all about fatherhood and parenting, you know, I, I think of how many times I'm faking it and then realizing, like, kind of in horror how I'm pretty sure our my dad and mom faked it too. I mean, that's I what I think I'm going to be the best at because I I mean, we bring it up all the time. Lying is fun <laughs> and, and easy. And, easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be so good at that. Yeah. Like that's right going to be dad... my biggest like my kid is going to talk to his friends but like my dad knows everything. I don't know a goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and like when is it going to click for him that I'm completely full of it? Yeah, that's a good point. You are that will be you you're right. The your bluster on things will be so high that I feel like your your kids not going to figure it out. You know the only I, way I told something to, I told something to a student today with 110% confidence. I believed it. Yeah. And then like a couple minutes later I I it dawned on me. I was like I actually don't even know if that's true. I didn't actively think I'm going to lie about this. It just I like George Costanza. I achieved the highest plane of possibly lying. I I, I may have been it may have been true, where I believed it totally. It so, rocked. Where I think it will fall apart for you is your your better half's side eye when you say this stuff. I think your child will eventually catch. Well, on. she's not going to be around all the time. <laughs> That's true. But sometimes she will, and they'll be like, "Oh, why is mom looking at dad like that?" Well, maybe she'll think that? it's funny. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll be in charge of lying. Like that'll be your role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when when we don't want to have, we're not ready to have that conversation yet. Like whatever's being addressed, it's be like, well, let's send Dad in to make up some nonsense. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, what we're talking about this week is we're continuing our um, our season on how to be a dad, and uh, a new. I mean, this has got to be. We did do Bird Box, but outside of that, this has to be like our <laughs> most recent movie we've talked about on the show. Uh, we're talking about Mitchell's versus the, Ma- versus the Machines, uh, animated film. It's on Netflix. 
And, um, you know, as uh, you know, this is we continue our, our path. Right, Joe? We started yeah. with uh, when a baby gets <laughs> dropped off at your at your at your condo <laughs> and when... a bat in the basket that Marie Antoinette was uh, like placed in <laughs> after her birth. And, uh, you know, and, and over into into, uh, you know, uh, family and parenting over into when you when you're living in Compton <laughs> and you're, you're trying cl- to raise your child. Yeah, the Crenshaw. teen years. The teen years. Yep. And then now, well, there, now, there's like I like we said, you know, he had to have the sex talk. He had to have real universal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just in the universes of our movies. I'm just imagining sure. the same child moving through all. This. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely had an interesting path. <laughs> and uh, and now, you know, now now they're some of his friends were killed. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're going off to college. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, you know, your kid eventually, you know, saying goodbye, they're they're out of there. I mean, that's the hope. <laughs> well, you hope, well, you hope they're, when after they rack up their six figures of uh, college debt, you hope um, they don't come back. But, you know, that's the true. way things are going, it, it it's, seems like it'll be pretty normal that they come back for a while. I mean, I think it, it's like the Patton Oswalt thing about like the small town test, and you you pass a small town test when you leave the small town. I feel like there's like a weird way of parenting tests. Like you pass the parenting test when your when your child turns into an adult that can go off on their own. You did it. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Rob, what do you what do you eye to turn Sam's room into? Oh my god, I can't even begin to like. Think he he can no. Ahead. What he's thinking is I could have more friends sleep over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, more late nights with the buds, more beds to offer. God, we're gonna be like fifty. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll have to stay over because I'll have to stay over because I had twelve high lifes while we were watching like Mrs. Doubtfire two, the reboot starring Zac Efron. I mean, and you're laughing because it's absolutely I know. inconceivable yeah. that a Zac Efron would make that movie. And yes. B, well, he's not funny enough. But, uh, be, but it uh, would happen. There yeah, would be a, sure. There's going to be another Mrs. Doubtfire movie in our lives. And then the only difference is one of us is going to be, I have to go take my heart medication and go to bed now. <laughs> oh, one of us, is there an outlet by the bed? I have to put my CPAP machine in. <laughs> uh, is it okay to have High Life and Blood Thinner medication? <laughs> Just That's the Google search going through your Wi-Fi. Um... Yes. So, <laughs> where are we even at here? Okay. Well, the so, movie. so the point is, yeah. So I was thinking, like, this is kind of like our last episode of the season. When and I think probably, well, at least from what the movies tell me, seems like a genuinely like bittersweet and and emotional moment for a parent is when your your kid's out of there, mm-hmm. and it and you know, sort of middle class America that's tense and, and upper class. Well, I don't want to sound. I don't know. I don't hope that doesn't sound offensive, but like. In most middle class stories of uh, of family life, it's heading off to that state school somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's exactly what this movie is. So yeah. I thought it Mid- fit. Midwest family too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so all right, Mitchells versus Machines. As always, jump in at any point. Uh, we follow the Mitchells. That's the family, uh, okay. and their daughter Katie is going off to college, and her dad decides to change plans instead of her flying out to her the school. The old switcheroo. Yep, the family will all get together for a big road trip and drive her out. Um, Guess what? She's not into it. 
I mean, God, could you imagine? Like, her what, what, disappointment, I can't, I mean, I would just be like, what? I'm supposed to fly out today. She, well, I guess, to... like, the, and that that is sort of the central conflict of the story is the dad isn't, she wants to be, like, a filmmaker, and she's all into doing, like, they don't say TikTok, but it seems like stuff like that, right? And, and doing the YouTubes and making the videos and whatnot. He doesn't get it. He, I don't think he's really ready to let go. And she's desperately wants to get out of there and spread her wings. And, and this is his last chance to bond, right? So he yeah. turns it into a road trip. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't, we don't entirely know, you know, exactly what she wants to do, but she's interested in. And she's and, going to a film school. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and she has her Mount Rushmore of filmmakers, and I figured Joe would appreciate that Hal Ashby was on her Mount Rushmore. Good for her. I didn't so. notice the, who's on the, the, who are the other three? Um, Greta Gerwig as um, Hal Ashby, as I mentioned, the uh, Celine Sciamma. I don't know how to say her name, but yeah, she's the French, French director lady. of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And then Lynn Ramsey, who directed We Need to Talk About Kevin, and you were really uh-huh. never here. Those are her four. So that's fascinating. I like yeah, that. I like, I like Lynn Ramsey a lot. Um, so, okay, anyway, so back to the movie. So um, they're road trip time. So off they go on in their adventure and on the way, as is known to happen, the AI from a Silicon Valley company goes awry, and the robots put in action a plan to capture all the humans in the world and launch them off into space, essentially because they want to leave the Earth free of humans, which honestly... I'm rooting for the robots. Can't blame them. Sounds fine to me. Sounds like an improvement. Uh, I don't want it, right? Like I don't, you know. Especially because the... the, uh, we, the can, we can delay the plan... 50 years or so, I'd say. But then I mean, a great idea. I, Especially I, when the, the lead AI network, whatever, is uh, it's Olivia Coleman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to vote for this plan, but I see the idea behind it. That's how I feel about it. Like, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, the family during this, this, this takeover uh, meets two malfunctioning robots who end up helping them as they try to bring a kill code to the AI to ultimately shut it down. So at this point, the Mitchells are the only four people, plus their dog, alive in the in the, in the the world um, who aren't Well, ev- everyone else is not dead. They're just hostage. Captured. Um, I mean, from this point on, the plot doesn't really matter. It's no. just that they're... Um, spoiler, I guess, um, the dad and the kid learn to learn about each other. Learn to yeah. See, Advent- see, adventure see. occurs. Family grows closer. They save the world, and she goes off to college. Yep. Um, and it's it's um this movie is is directed by or no not directed produced by Lord and Miller so, uh Sony animated so if you enjoy, you know um Lego movie or Lego movie it's very much in that style which I will say, I appreciate that there's another dominant animation style that's not just Pixar. Well, yeah. I mean, DreamWorks is not great on the whole. I mean, that animation style is is cheap. Whatever and, that style is, we and, just didn't yeah, spend much yeah. money. And then they, I think, did Disney just shut down the animation studio that makes those wretched Ice Age movies? Well, that, that's not, that's DreamWorks, isn't it? No, it's something different. It's... I don't know what it is, but oh, Blue Sky Studios or yeah, whatever it is. I like so. that was like the only franchise or hit they had was those Ice Age movies, which are also like cheap and dumb. Even though I've only seen one of them, I feel confident in this statement. 
Okay. Um, and then there's those minion movies, which I think are universal. Um, and you also have um, the other one I want to mention is um, uh, I can never say it, but the like that did Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good. Uh, Lake, Lake, like uh, Coraline. Leica. Did they do Leica, Coraline? I think is what it is. They did Coraline and Paranorman and yeah. Box Trolls and stuff. So, I think it's Leica after the Leica. space dog. Um, but yeah, those. That's another example of a studio that you know it's cool. They do like something that looks different. Yeah, um, I like this movie. It's uh, like it's one of those movies that all of a sudden everyone was talking about it. It was supposed to have a theatrical release, but then COVID. Mm-hmm. And so Sony just sold it to Netflix and there wasn't really any fanfare. They just kind of pushed it out. Um, side note, Netflix is really terrible about promoting good things, but then they'll shove this crap down your throat. They will. Uh, two things. I, they shove crap down your throat that they make. And then there's like the weird, they must be deals they do in the back end where all of a sudden it'll be like some extremely bizarre movie will be like top 10 trending today. And you're like, what? I don't believe any it turned, of that. I don't believe any Yeah, either. there was an article that came out that, number one, that's a lie. Um, number two, like, half the stuff on Netflix, it looks like a YA bookstore from 1995 at the peak of R.L. Stein mania. What the hell is going on? It's, why, are, uh, why am I still paying for it? I don't understand. It's just, I, I honestly, I think more than 50% of Netflix subscriptions are just people like, not realizing that they don't have to continue being subscribed to it. It's just inertia and just shrugging shrugging of the shoulders. I know you, that's why I still have it. It's you, awful. You know how in the 90s there were so many like jokes about, oh, I'd quit the gym, but I'm too lazy to go down there. Like That's our generation. So they're like, oh, I don't know why I have Netflix. I it, it, it really is terrible. I do feel like they have like perfected the idea of just releasing something every four to six months that will peak no matter who you are is interest enough to stay right yeah. we'll be like yeah. oh, i'm gonna get rid of it oh roma's coming out yeah i guess that, that's kind of what hbo that. used to be like uh they, they i think hbo puts out interesting shows more often like oh the way, shows on way HBO, better i mean oh yeah so- yeah but but it was kind of like that because there'd be there'd be dead there used to be dead spots longer yeah. dead spots in For hbo sure. too but yeah yeah, yeah that's that's what Netflix is right, and and this is partially because of our streaming uh, dystopia. Like it used to be, it's like, well, at least all these old shows I can watch on Netflix because I yeah. would just, nope. you know, it'd just be like, oh, I'm just gonna put on like Cheers or Twilight mm-hmm. Zone in the background. Now it's like, oh no, those are on CBS, so you gotta get Paramount Plus. And it's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Uh, that said, I did enjoy this movie. This is a rare Netflix. No, I do, I, I do like this. And that's that was to my point, that Netflix will promote just this weird junk. Like, there'll just be an ad blitz. And then, you know, another show kind of like this is Tuca and Birdie, the animated show, which with Ali Wong and uh, Tiffany Haddish. Okay. And they just, like, pushed that out, didn't do any promotions. Like, oh, it failed. It's like, yeah, wonder why. Hmm. I, I this movie made me feel old, man. Like, oh. this was one of the first times where I was just like, "This movie needs to quiet down." <laughs> I, I it just that. there's just things jumping out of the screen, and it, and it's like, and it's trying super hard to be clever all the time, and it's super loud, and and uh, it's possible that I'm just not getting enough sleep, and I just 
not in well, a place where I can enjoy it. But all um, I have to s- say is my he, my ho. <laughs> yeah, my it, it, it's just like my ha, ha. <laughs> and, and like what, what, that, that's clearly like the the directors who are probably like our age or something like just just throwing things up against the wall and i so i was watching it and it's it's a sweethearted movie and stuff and i don't want to be a jerk but like this was one of my one of my first experiences of of watching a movie and being like well it's okay guess i'm for you i guess i'm past it (laughs) like i could watch i could like into the spider-verse i watched and mostly enjoyed i don't think this this, is on par with spider no but i but i think like the noisiness and the the and the it just, I, it's one one of the experiences where I felt most firmly, like, all right, I'm I'm now two generations removed. You could be one generation removed from like a movie for young people and still feel like not weird watching it. You know what I mean? But when you Except get unless it's Star Wars, Joe, then you will never age out of it because it will always be aimed at your generation. Well, yeah, Forever. I mean, if you have if you have a big baby brain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I, so like, that was just sort of like my big personal takeaway from the movie. I was like, well, this is probably the sign that I'm now two generations removed. Cause I was like, eh, I, I, I don't say, care. I don't care about all these, you know, uh, it's just not for me. I don't the, know. The most obnoxious stuff in this movie. Cause I, I mean, obviously we know what you're, you're talking about kills for my eight-year-old the like baboon like uh, making the sound and they put it over the cat filters yeah those like one or two second long gags kills Kills. and i watched i was like god this is so lazy (laughs) so yeah but i I but i also know like it's not for me it's a kid's movie for kids who grew up with memes i think yeah Mm -hmm. but i will say like so i've watched this twice and i will say like from just a a standpoint of like myself and my wife and my son watching a movie together that we hadn't seen before, like none of us has seen before. This is like pretty high up there uh, with just like the overall enjoyment of all three people. Yeah. Okay. So for like a family movie, you know, it it, it works it works well. And I think because I think that it has an. Uh, I don't disagree that it is just kind of noisy and could be toned down a little bit um but i i think it's it's nice that it's sincere it doesn't have like there are some pop culture things like the the songs but you know it's and like movie references but you don't need to know them to enjoy it well you know it's kind of like i think dreamworks is the big offender in this category like you don't you know there's not going to be like jokes about 2001 a space odyssey and it's like eh, eh. And it's like ugh, kids or don't like care. that space jam movie that came out oh my show. god yeah that although this one like you know why i think this is different it's like the very beginning we have like the robots walking through and then there's like a phone and they step on it. like that's terminator 2 right that's a terminator 2 skull but yeah. you don't need to know that for that moment to work that, and they yeah. don't like wink at you and be like oh do you get it it's like either you get it or you don't and you just move on yeah, it's not like the Space Jam where all the IP properties show up. <laughs> Dude, it Pennywise from It is in that movie. I just, <laughs> I just remember when that trailer came out and someone did a screenshot and pointed out that the Wild Bunch is in the scene. <laughs> it's it doesn't it's wild. Yeah, that 
that's that's that that's a lot of pandering. Um, I also say from like another positive thing on this movie is, um, it's cool that there's like an LGBTQ main character in a family movie, but it's not the like plot of the movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not like oh, I had oh. forgotten that she's uh, that she's a lesbian or that she's. I, because they never say really. They never say it, but like you know, I mean, it's coded. It's, it's there. It's coded. She's got, you know, she's got rainbow pins. She talks about being different at the end. Her mom asked her about like the, the girlfriend at college. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just like how it's like normalized and just fine, and not like oh the dad's having issue with it, and you know it's not mm-hmm. the plot. Well, the it kind of does. Um, what, like one of the things that uh, people really love about Schitt's Creek. Um, is that it was about it was a show about like a GLBT character that didn't involve like trauma yeah. <laughs> like yeah, or, where, yeah. or where it was just accepted and like it, you know like once you figure it out it's like oh yeah and then it just became part of the plot um, I so I will say is I this is the second time I watched it and right around the scene in the mall I'm like, oh, this must be winding down. Oh, half through. What? <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. It's a little what? long. Yeah. It's a little long. All right. So so let's dig into what this movie's about, right? Being sent off to college. And let's, let's obviously, I'm, well, I'm assuming when we went off to college, it was the same year in 2001. Now, something did happen in 2001, but it didn't involve AI and the world um, and everyone being captured. But a big thing occurred around the time we moved in. Yeah, a few weeks later. Not, e- um, not even a few weeks. It was the first full day of our classes. It was a Tuesday. Because I remember that we had welcome week. And then, depending on your schedule, you might have started, like, that Friday or Thursday. Um, but I remember, like, it was Tuesday. Because I think Monday. it was uh, Maybe Monday was the first full day. But I remember it was the first full Tuesday. Uh, and then uh, I just remember eating... Uh, I was eating a bowl of Lucky Charms at Pop's Cafeteria, and Pops. TV was on, and, uh, oh, hey, what's that? Uh, yeah, well, I, well, it doesn't matter. I think it was our second week. Yeah, okay. I think it so, usually too. started around Labor Oh, day. yeah, uh, you're right. For some reason, in my head, it was the first full day, whatever. I mean, you know, memories always get... At, at least your 9-11 memory, you're wrong, and my 9-11 memory isn't, like, that you were there. Like yeah, some people's like nine eleven lie, <laughs> so yours is, is pretty harmless. Uh, yeah, there's lots of people that have lied saying like they were there, their parents were there, or that oh, they, they were like one of those guys on the, from the league made made something up that they right? were supposed to be on the flight, but it got canceled oh, yeah. and something. Or your Mark Wahlberg's like, oh, if I'd have been there, I would have just punched them all out and taken down the plane. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so, but I, but yeah, but but like sort of moving like of course you know Rob and I were roommates. Duff, you were what like a couple floors below you, above you, uh, but we didn't know you. Six floor, six floor of witty. Yeah, we were, so, yeah, we were four, yeah, four floors floors above you. Man, so close yet so far away. Yep. And uh, yeah, so the only the my only like real memory of like the especially dad dad focused like did did uh, did Ralph do anything funny or interesting? I, did, I, did he seem emotional about it? Yeah, my parents were emotional about it, and and but looking back, the thing I'm most impressed with, and once again we talk about like, you know, how do how do you know pre-internet? Well, it wasn't pre-internet, but like still pre, you know, huge use in smartphones. It was pre-social and stuff. media. Yeah, how do Pre, like, it was like pre-portable internet? Yeah. yeah. 
uh, how do people know things? And I remember, you know, I'm an only child, as everyone knows and can tell. Uh, and when I went to move out and went to move down to Madison, um, I remember it was kind of embarrassing, but it was the right move. I remember my mom, like, talked to, a, like, from her work, took, like, she worked at a clinic, took, like, a big cart that you could load up with stuff. And then we loaded, we made sure everything I was moving down fit into that cart and then we put it in my dad's truck along with all my stuff. And then we stayed at a, a motel or hotel or somewhere out, right outside of Madison. Hotel, hotel, and then, <laughs> holiday inn. And then in the morning, we got to like our dorm right when the doors open and move-in starts. Mm-hmm. And because my mom, see, I know it's about dad, but this is still like, you know, my mom's idea. We had loaded up the entire like bin and so when the doors open, all the other families are grabbing the bins that they have at the school, taking them to the car, loading them in, and then going up to the floor. Ours is already, because we brought our own, was already loaded. So we went into an empty elevator, up to the floor, went to an empty hallway on our on my floor, and just unloaded everything. And by the time like we were un- done unloading, like the first families were coming up to our floor. And I... Remember, it was emotional for my parents, and I was just like, bye, thank you, and, yeah. like, <laughs> kind of the hugs, and he's like, all right, you can go now. <laughs> like, there was, like, from my point, it was like, okay, all right, thank you, you can go now. Uh, so, you know, definitely yeah. that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, rings, like, that rings a bell. That sounds about what I experienced. Uh, right, like, not, I don't know. Not mine. But, <laughs> but yeah, but I think that that shows – I think that's what's so fascinating about this sort of moment in sort of the, like family the, – in the family timeline because yeah. like the parents don't – and I you'd – at least at this stage in my life and maybe yours too, Rob, you'd think like for the parents it would be really exciting. Like, okay, now we have so much more freedom. Yeah. But um, it, it's much – I think it's much more like traumatic for the parents than it is for the kid because you have the excitement of like, oh my god, I'm going to college. Yeah, I have my whole life in front of me. I can be whoever I you want. Are, yeah, which is obviously now. which is obviously wrong, but like you believe well, that at the time, and then well, yeah, also, but your parents are so sad. Well, yeah, I don't yeah know. your parents are sad, but you're like, I am unsupervised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's the difference. Uh, I remember that first unsupervised week. There's in 2001. There's two types of people, and I know which kind Joe and I were. And um, <laughs> we, there were two types. There was the people who were like, "Let's get hammered and go to parties," and then there's Joe and I who were like, "High speed internet and Napster." Yeah. Thank you. Oh my god, I could download songs so fast. The gaming is amazing. <laughs> god. Yeah. So I I was literally in the same room as Rob. That's how we met. Yeah. Uh, I did not have as smooth of an experience. I, I we got there, and by the time we arrived at the dorm, the elevators were broken <laughs> on the tenth floor, and they stayed broken for the remainder of your stay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were carrying my belongings up t- uh, ten flights of stairs. Oh, oh my god! And so. Um, and so I, oh, when I first opened the door to my dorm, Rob's just stuff is already just all completely arranged and he's nowhere to be seen. Was he, was he already in game mode? Like we're headphones He wasn't on? there. Just, oh, okay. I, I walk in and there's just a made bed under the window 
and his desk with his computer, all of his stuff over on that side of the room. Only child and, vibes, big and, time here. And I was just like, well, I guess Rob's going to take that side of the room. And then uh, it, it's probably 80-some, if not 90 degrees, and we're just calling this stuff up the stairs. When it's There's time no to air s- conditioner. No. When, there are the now, time- though, which enrages me. <laughs> <laughs> by the time it was over, and I think I may have told this story before on the podcast. On one of I don't think so. Podcasts, um, by the time the process of moving these things to my room was complete... My dad was so angry <laughs> that, I, and I, th- I may be misremembering, but the way I remember it is that he barely said goodbye to me, and then my mom said, I'm sorry, because my dad was so mad and, this is and, 100% and, and ruined brand. the entire moment, and then they left, and I was like, well, that went about as how I thought it would go. My dad I... becoming being incredibly impatient and furious that the elevators didn't work, and then storming out with barely saying goodbye and not touching me. So, so anyways, what happened but, is, but my brain is healthy and normal to so, reach. So, so what happened is you moved in on a hot day. The elevator was broken. Everything went wrong. Your dad left pissed. Your mom apologized for all the while your asshole roommate already took the window spot and put everything and left. And also didn't loft his bed, so he took up more space. <laughs> Yeah. That's me. <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, like what it's in hindsight, it's funny, but you know, like you know, t- in hindsight, it's quite a power move that I didn't realize. I mean, I, I but that's in it hindsight, didn't come, it makes a good but it didn't come story. from a place of power. It came no. from a place of total obliviousness. Yep, only child power is what it came from. It all it all worked out. But anyways, came, that it came so, from your dad owning a big laundry cart. <laughs> yeah. Was that stolen? No, it was like my mom worked at a clinic, so she just took it for the week, the weekend. So it didn't have those wheel locks when you take it off premises. (laughs) No, no. But like looking back, like I'm an only child. My mom didn't go to college. My dad didn't. Like I just wonder, like who gave them this pro tip? Yeah, my parent, my my mom went to a a two year college, so she certainly never lived in a dorm. And my my dad didn't even graduate high school. So I was like, yeah. I, so our inexperience was much clearer. Which yeah. tower? Were we you we guys didn't in? know that you're supposed to move in before the elevators break. Hey, we were in a tower, Duff. Oh, which is weird because like I remember we I was in a as well, and I remember we used the elevator. So at some point in the afternoon, the elevator was working. Um, it's also possible, and and, and it's weird because like it's not like it's not like I was hammered or something, but you know it's 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also possible that the, the lines were so long I for the elevator that yeah. my dad was furious and refused to wait for them. <laughs> I really hope. I really hope it's that. An I'm gonna. I, I might see them on Saturday. Um, it, I'll. I'll. I'll ask my parents. Uh, I hope that your dad gets was. mad all over again and ruin and it ruins the day. Oh, like, I, uh, I hope it. I hope it. Here's what I hope was. I hope it was a self-inflicted issue where your dad made you guys take the stairs and then. Refused to admit to that it was a bad idea. No, used like, his bluster to lie to you that the elevator was broken. No, I, yeah, um, just now, and I'm really doubting myself. It, but it's also possible, like, and this this is a total Joe move. We'll just take the stairs, and then you take the stairs for the first time, and you're like, well, this was a terrible idea. But then refusing to admit it's a bad idea, yeah, and pretending it's a good idea, and then continuing to use the stairs. This has all the hallmarks of of male Midwestern here. Yeah, so, I, I listen. I'm. I'm 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 afflicted. 
I've got the disease um, in a big way. So that's why you wear I, those affliction shirts. Uh, I'm refusing am, to ask for help. Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> so I don't. I was debating how much time we should devote to it because I've talked about. I talked about this on some other episode, I, I, but I cannot tell you how excited I'm to hear about your dad sending you up to college. But yeah, I guess you maybe have no, told it's, this, right? It's not. It's not so much about my parents. Like I kind of had a stereotypical, like my dad was strong and silent. Like, well, bye. And my <laughs> my mom like was kind of choking back tears. And then they and I was like, Rob, I'm like, get out of here. I want to, you know. Yeah, go. You're like, um, <laughs> you're like, don't worry. Two years yeah. from now, I'll be trying to convince Rob into letting me sleep in a playground. I'll be fine. <laughs> I will say the other thing, just a quick note. I had this, the summer between my junior and senior year, I had uh, lived in Virginia away from my parents for a whole summer. So there was sort of like a trial period of like Rob went to a city and did okay. Of them being and... able to pick up the phone without without asking if it's okay, yeah. without breaking your connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of the phone bill being a reasonable rate for a month. Uh, no, the, the the pain that I endured came um, with my roommate that year. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And the, we've heard, yeah. And I'll try to make it quick, but that... So when we got there, um, our beds were already lofted, and it had been decided I would have the top loft, so... And I mean, whatever, like, someone's got to take it. Um, so... You know, much like uh, my co-host that night, you know, like I talked to some people and did like the typical mixer stuff. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff to put together and get situated and a lot of high speed Internet to explore out there. Yes. My my roommate, he's like, I'm going to go to a party. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, He comes home. It wasn't like super late, but I want to say it was like midnight and him and just some girl are just trashed (laughs) and he like gives me like the look like like they're like half making out and i'm like oh guess i'll just step out for a while (laughs) and like i just went and like hung out in the the lounge the commons area like by myself no one hangs out in that's the thing about the com no one goes there and I'm just like, I don't know anyone. And I'm being sexiled by my roommate the first night of college. You could, have, like, come hang, you could have come hang out, hang out with us. I know. In retrospect. <laughs> um, we were playing Unreal Tournament. Literally, did you know, four floors away were two people that you'd be podcasting with 20 my, years later. My spidey sense had not kicked in yet, I guess. Um, so then, like, after, like, half an hour, I'm like, he's got to be done by now. And so, yeah. I, so I, like, I kind of go back in. And, like, him and this girl are just on the bed, like, watching Dogma. Like, (laughs) and then, like, I just come in, and he's like, oh, oh, sup. And I just kind of, like, awkwardly climb up into my lofted bed. And um, the next day, like, I did bring it up because he had told me that he he was, he had a girlfriend in high school. Like, Mm -hmm. he was one grade ahead of her. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, hey, so what happened to your girlfriend? He's like, oh, that girl was just the mistake you make the first night of college. God, jeez. <laughs> Incredible. What a, what a start for you, Duff. Uh, really, really set a tone for the whole semester, what with 9-11 and everything. <laughs> um, uh, anything else you guys have about moving into college? <laughs> 
no or parenting uh, mine, stories about it mine is a good segue to like dorky dad stuff okay because okay. it, it, ha- it has to do with moving to college but it's uh it's also like a dorky dad thing like in this in this movie um a gag that i think is pretty good is that the dad always has a number three screwdriver mm-hmm. which i don't even know if that's a thing shows how much i know um i know phillips and flathead uh, i'm guessing yeah. there are other kinds that's but, all you need to know then you need to know like i think i need a big one yeah or i think i need a smaller one but it's you don't it's need a to ga- know the numbers it's a gag that he always has this and he's taught his family to always carry one too and it ends yeah, up well he gives it to them as gifts yeah which and, is like my dad's favorite kind of gift is just like uh I still like open up the present and it's just like a set of screwdrivers. It's my dad's Christmas presents are whatever is on sale at Farm and Fleet. Did you <laughs> did you guys have a moment in your lives when your dad gave you a uh, a jackknife, like a knife, like a, like no. a pocket knife? No, uh, not a no. jackknife. No. Well, we didn't have to worry about cougars and bobcats attacking <laughs> us on the state like you did. I had, I, I, I had we one didn't have I to was... cut deer hooves out of our fenders like you did. <laughs> I had like a small Swiss Army knife for Cub Scouts, but not like a not a hunting knife or whatever. I, I wasn't a hunting knife. I had a moment though where my dad gave me a pocket knife because he always carried a pocket knife and was like, "Now you have your own pocket knife." And in my head, I was like, oh, "I can't take this. Like, where where do I go that I'm going to take a pocket knife with? Well, I can't and, take and, it to and, and what we were referencing earlier ruined it. After 9/11, you couldn't just have a a, a pocket knife in your pocket all the time because after 9/11, you got searched everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I lost that pocket knife. I don't know what happened to it. I'll be you honest. You can't take it anywhere now, anyways. Yeah. So the thing that my dad had me do along the lines of you know carry a screwdriver everywhere from the movie is uh remember this is 2001 that i think both my parents had like they probably saw some like dumb news expose about like stuff <laughs> getting stolen when you're when your kid moves to college and sort of like john stossel gave him a tip yeah it was yeah. it was 20 segment that, and that so definitely what, sounds stossely to me and so what they did is they told me it's like you know for all your really expensive stuff like you knew like you know, your compact computer monitor that was like 30 inches wide is you have to, you're supposed to engrave your license number on it. Like, <laughs> like your, your license, your plate? driver's license. Oh, your driver's license. So, number. so okay. then people, so then people can't pawn it. <laughs> did, did you do this? Yes. So like, <laughs> I remember, and of course my you dad pawned had something. <laughs> no, but, you put his um, driver's license number on I it. I put my I I took my dad had an engraver, of course, as dads do. <laughs> and so like I it must My dad been... did too, it was called a pocket knife. Well, like, well, okay, so your well, uncle in Florida is your dad's brother, right? Yes. So my... so your your uncle in Florida labels everything. Mm-hmm. And your and your uncle uh, and your dad engraves everything. Uh yes. So um, <laughs> that is like the most like two brothers kind of thing ever. Um, there is a lot of undiagnosed uh, obsessive compulsive disorder in my family, and I'm not being like flippant where people are like, "Oh, that's so OCD." Like, my uncle has legit undiagnosed mental sure. disorders, um, <laughs> and my dad, to, my dad to a certain extent, I think it got diluted a little in the gene pool, so I only kind of have it. <laughs> you just get the night terrors instead. I... <laughs> you just wake up screaming. <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather wake up screaming once in a while than feel like I have to label like 
Knife one, knife two, <laughs> knife three, knife but four. I, I have this memory of like having this engraver that makes a lot of noise, and like you have to turn on. It's like, and then, and I just remember like engraving my name into, um, probably for sure like the monitor and <laughs> the back of my compact Presario computer that I got. Yeah, and Is the compact still around. Uh, I th- I don't know. Okay, I, I think they I think they probably got bought by like I don't Hewlett. mean you mean to derail the conversation but I no. just hadn't heard that brand in a while no. I just love how on the same building on the same night Joe and I are playing Unreal Tournament while Duff's roommate is just banging some chicken <laughs> that just, and Duff, Duff, is, is, just Duff is just shifting his weight back and forth in the hallway outside the door <laughs> waiting until he stops oh, hearing slapping noises hoping dude, they don't take his driver's license number that he engraved on all his stuff <laughs> once I, hey, once hey, I that, hear George Carlin talking then I know it's safe to come in because they've shifted to movie hey, time if that gutter trash he brought back and tried to pawn my stuff I would have been like oh look at that look at that license number there <laughs> I got you. Um, well, yeah, I think we can like broaden this a little bit to just okay. okay. So, as a parent, you've sacrificed, you've tried your best to not screw up your kid. Mm-hmm. Now, you know they're transitioning. They're not a kid anymore. They're an adult. They're out of there. Um, I thought we could just sort of give general takes on this and maybe also appraise the dad in this movie, Rick, uh, voiced by Danny McBride. Uh, who looks just like our friend Rob Herrick. Uh, <laughs> now, Danny McBride doesn't, but Rick Mitchell looks a lot like him, although uh, Rick Mitchell's... Now that you say it, I... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, do you... Uh, Rob and I are both, like, really far away from our kids being at this... Yeah, obviously, you're way closer, but you're still, like, ten more than 10 yeah. years away. Um, I, I think, like... <sighs> I think I, that this is like one, like so many things in life that when you're far away from it, it seems like it'll be awesome. You know, like your kids grown up, you did a good job, you kept them alive, they're ready to transition and move out and move on. Like that, you did what you're supposed to do. But yeah, but it's also, I would imagine, or you know, you also feel an emptiness when they're gone. Yeah, but I, I don't was, know that I don't know that either. Maybe if either of us are really at a state place where we can really comment with authority on what that's like. But I think we could all at least discuss. Do you think like what Rick is going through? Does it seem relatable? Does it seem honest? Does it seem real to you? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I mean, I think, I think um, you know, probably what it is is you know, obviously, as your kid gets older, you give them more responsibility and they have more freedom to do stuff and you know you'd kind of do that gradually but there you know it still have to be it's gonna i imagine pretty jarring to go from like even if you give you know you let your kids stay out late or whatever right as a senior or the summer before college you still see them every day you still like talk to them well hopefully every day or so (laughs) um but like and then suddenly it's like all right i'm going to drive you you know to another part of the state and or across the country in this situation and then be like, bye, <laughs> I, you know, and then I'll see you around Thanksgiving, maybe, or yeah. Christmas break. I, I, I imagine that's got to be pretty jarring, um, especially when that all hits you. We're like, uh, and especially like, you know, 
you know, there's a lot of like back when we were, but you know, we, there wasn't video chat or anything. So like outside of like phone calls, you literally wouldn't see. This was even before most people had cell phones. Yeah. We we're buying calling cards yeah. Yeah. to make yeah. these calls. Um, you know, it's just, I, I imagine that that's happening. And, and I think, you know, in, in this movie, like with the, with Rick, the father, the thing he's going through is he kind of like, you know, I mean, it, it probably hasn't happened too much for you yet, Joe, but as you get older, your worst moments as a person will be as a father. <laughs> like, you know, like your biggest mistakes and regrets will oh, probably yeah. be that. Well, because the stakes are so much higher. Yeah, and it's yeah. a person built to drive you insane, like from the ground up. They're designed to, to they know all your buttons. Um, and so, like, you know, he has this blow up and kind of, you know, doesn't, you know, feels awful for the way he acted the night before, which is when he decides to like they're gonna drive out. So I think I think like you know to Echo's death point earlier, I feel like this movie, emotional, you know, in genuine, it, I think it works. Yeah, I think it feels, it, it feels real. Um, the thing that I'll say about the whole, you know, sending your kids off to college is it really depends on to an extent how old you are when you had kids but even regardless of that just how well you know yourself um my parents and especially well rob your dad were older parents um, yeah yeah me too yeah i didn't i didn't know for sure joe um, no no but not my parents but i'm saying i'm i'm an old like i'll be oh when my kid's well, out of here i'll be you know, in my past, my mid fifties when he's out well, of here, so I'll be. My dad, let's see, I'm doing the math. Certainly Bart, not the same as your dad's, but I'll no. I'll be older than average, I guess. But but our generation has kids later. Yeah, so. yeah. Our, but my dad was 76 no, when no, I went to college. No, 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 no. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, it's the no, same thing, but I'm saying yeah, like you know, yeah. it, it like decade, you know, generations ago, you know, you had kids when you're 23, 25. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's not. So, you know, I'm a lot like older my than that. my dad was. He was in his mid-40s when he had me. And, Rob, your dad must have been, like, 10 years older when he had you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, your, your dad, when he was driving you to college, was remembering listening to, like, FDR's fireside chats and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is not really, maybe not made up. He maybe no, would, could I, have been thinking well, about that. He was, I mean, Rob's dad was in Iwo Jima, so. Yeah. Uh, my dad was just a little kid during World War II. Um, but the thing I was gonna get at is I'll tr- I'll, I, I won't get too much into this because it's a lot of it is kind of a sad story is uh my in-laws who did the whole um get married like right after high school and have kids right away and they never really resolved their own stuff like mm-hmm. their own issues and when the kids go away that stuff comes back with a vengeance mm. and uh-huh. um you know, again, I'm not going to get into it too much, but um, alcoholism reared its head. Uh, you, you know, it's I mean, it's a downer, but, you know, but Joe alluded to this. It used to be it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you're 25. Why aren't you married with kids yet? Like that's, you know, up until the 1970s, I'd say, I guess probably until like, you know, birth control came around. Most people there would be. You know, I mean, if you were like a guy older than 30, like in the 50s and 60s, like, why aren't you married and have kids? Yeah. And it was just what you did. Like there, you were labeled as like a deviant or something was wrong with you. Like 
there's a joke about like a lifetime bachelor and like yeah. that's <laughs> that is not a thing anymore yeah. um but it used you know and there's a lot of other well, cultural and, attitudes and I think that the, have another shifted. another small another factor is just it, because of like advances in medical care you can just sort of the 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 ticking clock, you know, it, it's yeah. still a big, it's still a big deal, but not as big of a deal as it would have been. Yeah. You know, back then. But I think for a lot of people and it's just your kids become your lives. And we all know people who just live through their kids. And like, yeah. what happens when all of a sudden one day that's gone? Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally, I totally get that. Um, you know, your, your whole life, uh, like you said in an earlier episode in this season that, my whole life, uh, the parenthood quote that Rob responded to, like, my whole life is have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, one day, that's gone. That's got to be, like, in some sense liberating, like I mentioned earlier, but also there's got to be an emptiness that comes with that and, and a fear that comes with that. Like, well, what am I going to fill that with? And, and I, I, think- I think that's what the dad in this movie is concerned about. I, I, he yeah. has another kid, but I think... And and I I think obviously there's also just some classic generational conflict going on too. But, sure. But but I yeah. but that's you know that's like so many movies. But that that the way the movie addresses that emptiness that he fears, um, I think is is interesting and maybe not as explored in in movies. Yeah. Um. I mean, Parenthood does it a tiny bit in like some of the flash forwards, but you know this movie is is definitely explores that a lot more um you know because like the you know there is a part of the father's life that he changed or you know made a sacrifice so that he could you know raise a family it doesn't seem to have regrets over it but you know it's still a thing that's the thing you gotta do yeah yeah can't have that cabin um so if they uh, lived in Wisconsin, yeah, like, they, true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. like the classic uh, thing for an upper middle class family is you got that place up north. But so, so um, the uh, Rick Mitchell character, pretty dorky dad. We talked about the, the screwdriver. Um, talked I know, about my engraving. <laughs> yeah. Duff's engraving. I have a story about dorky dad things, even though I would not consider my dad a dork. And I know you guys know this, but um, he <clears throat> always always wore and this in a lot of oh yeah i was i thought about this i know what you're gonna say and i wore a shirt without a pocket today (laughs) and i thought about your dad i i uh i i there's a a, people of a certain age uh will think about their parents on this too but my dad would always wear shirts t-shirts often with a uh, always a t-shirt but would always have a pocket on the chest gotta have a breast pocket on a shirt yep and that was for two things. The t-shirt breast pocket move, those are gone. Yeah. And my dad would have two things in it. One was a pen, and the other mm-hmm. one was the, like, glasses case, like that foam <laughs> glass oh, case yeah. that you would that would fall <laughs> out of his pocket anytime. Like, that's the other thing I remember my dad doing all the time, like, bending over to do something yep. in the pen, and the, oh, shit, <laughs> like, falling <laughs> out of his pocket. Yeah, like, the, like, okay, a dress shirt breast pocket, you could fit some stuff in there. Yeah, I've never seen a t-shirt breast pocket that was more than like two inches deep. Exactly. Is there is there a less functional pocket than the t-shirt pocket? Well, not according to my dad. (laughs) Did he insist that that it should be illegal to make t-shirts without a pocket? He would get like if you wanted to piss him off, not like to your face, but but like later on, if anyone gave him a gift of a t-shirt that didn't have a pocket, 
he would just he would just like I many times there's two there's two phrases of my father three phrases of my father I'll, I'll always remember one is um, is I eat so I don't get hungry and which that, you could hear that, me say the damage that that did to you Rob. <laughs> Um, the other one is that they shouldn't have he, that I wouldn't have even voted for Reagan for dog catcher. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hated Reagan. I, I agree one hundred percent with both of these so far. Uh, and then the third one was it should be illegal to make t-shirts without pockets. Okay, now that one he may have pushed it too far with me, but I so, but like meatloaf saying two out of three ain't bad. That's right. So Rob, I think we've talked about this, how there's like old man stances. Yeah. <laughs> um, that one is to, powerful. Similar similar to the pocket t-shirt. Uh, my dad, if it is not 100% cotton, you can just take that shit out of here. <laughs> but like the poly blend is so comfortable. Nope. No blends. It is like, he'll do, he'll do like denim jeans and you know, if there's like a dress up or something to get out the Dockers khakis or something. But when it comes to shirts, it is like, and he will mention it. Like, ugh, my dad is impossible to shop for, and so sometimes I'll just give him like, like a Kohl's gift card or something. And I swear to God, he'd be like, "Oh, it's good. They got a lot of hundred percent cotton." That's uh, amazing. The 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 other real quick note before I remember, my aunts would always troll my father about these things, <laughs> and one of the things he would always complain about. I'm not sorry, I'm just <laughs> laughing so hard about the t-shirt box. He would always complain about not being able to find sponges at the <laughs> sink when he washed. Like, when he washed dishes, he'd get so pissed that there weren't any sponges. Like, he didn't know where they went. Uh, were you so, stealing them? What happened to them? I, I have what? no idea what happened to them. Because your mom was probably throwing them away because old sponges are disgusting. Probably. So what, so what my aunts did is they bought a t-shirt, and then they bought about two dozen sponges and then sewed them all on the shirt around the shirt so that he could wear that shirt when he was washing dishes and could always find a sponge God, that's amazing that. that is just that's that's the midwestern energy and that is so powerful that i'm worried my monitor is gonna blow up right now like i another dad move that i was thinking of i won't I don't know that this is this isn't really dorky but just like like blaming society's ills in the most simplistic way possible but like my dad's like kind of go to you know what like there's a lull in the conversation when you're talking about a problem and then there's the sigh and then they say ah the goddamn and then you know insert here so yeah. my dad blames everything on the insurance companies okay what's <laughs> like he doesn't ever name a specific like sector or company but just the ills of society all come back to the insurance insurance the the insurance companies and and on a certain sense like he's not wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in fact like if you eliminated all the private insurance companies like at least our healthcare system would maybe be fixed but for sure but it's it's still just like a funny dad move to just sort of like sigh and then sum it all up in this very simplistic and general way yeah it's Um, you know it's kind of like to an extent when people will say it's this political party whether that's true or not you know it'd be like oh it's you know it's uh there's road construction it's like ah it's the democrats for you like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) (laughs) uh i know i know we're going long but i have i just thought of one more yeah yeah very entertaining uh, i think people are gonna appreciate dad stories dadism we love to Um, talk dads and and this ties into my dad's uh ocd-ness a little okay this would this would frustrate my mom because um 
you know, we're in we're in the Midwest and we have access to a lot of sweet corn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, you know how <laughs> yeah. when you go, you know how when you go to the store, like you just kind of like peel back to like make sure it's good. Uh huh. That's cheating. My dad. He would not do that, and he would be—he would become upset. Well, if, so so was he worried that like peeling it back makes it go bad faster? It's, I or did I don't, he think, or did he think he had the secret to evaluating a cob of corn uh, without looking yeah. at the kernels? I, I don't. He never really expressed the reason, and that's why I think it might be a little OCD. But just the notion of like, you know, like my mom would get mad, like. Well, one of these is bad, and, and she's like, "Well, did you peel it back?" He's like, "No, no, no, woman!" <laughs> like, like just, like, just the audacity. I'm just like, picturing your dad, like, not like his secret is he knocks them up against a melon, and the sound that the two make together tells you that the cob is good and the melon is good. It's, it's the feel, man. It's. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um. So, we have completed as of now, at least, the season. We've, on ra- we've raised a child. We've raised a child, uh, you know. We've said this before, and I do feel like this is our eleventh season. This is probably going to start happening. I would assume is we end up like adding new episodes to old seasons. I can see that occurring. Yeah, who cares? We could do whatever we want. We That's the beauty what- of not having listeners is no one's going to yell at us. Yeah, we're not. Co- Listen, no algorithm is feeding this to you. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't even find it if you did, search for. Did a free we? Podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, did we pick the algorithm-proof name for this podcast? Absolutely. We really did. Sometimes I'll look for it and it doesn't come up. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, and if you are a listener and you want even more, you can go to Patreon. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. We have an episode on Clifford. We're going to have another fatherhood episode coming out uh, around the time this will be out. And uh, then we're going to – we got to produce a, another uh, another um, podcast for a wealthy benefactor. Yep. And uh, then we got to go back in the lab and start working on our next season. So, um, you know, we got to get those manatees floating around pushing balls until. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but the uh, the wait won't be too long. And uh, it has been it has been nice raising a child together. The three men in a podcast here. Dad um, power is overwhelming. We did it. We did it.